1: Conversations with Joan focuses on topics that are important to your life, from health and wellness to professional development to personal well-being. Change makers join me to share their insights, tips, and strategies so you can thrive and live your best life now. Thank you for taking time for yourself and thank you for letting us be a part of your life. Now, let's start talking. We often lament about our past or obsess about what may happen in the future. In these states of mind, fear can take over. According to today's guest, Lawrence Duchin, in that state, we're never okay and we can never solve our problems. He believes that by increasing our awareness of our own thoughts, we can pull our attention back to the present, reconnect with our hearts, and free ourselves of fear's grip. Lawrence maps out a heartful method for overcoming fears and bad memories. He's the author of A Book on Fear, Feeling Safe in a Changing World. Welcome, Larry. Thank you so much for joining us.
0: Joan, thank you for having me on.
1: So, Larry, we are certainly living in uncertain times today, and it's very easy to get trapped in a vortex of bad news. Why do you believe that this is a harmful state for us to be living in?
0: Well, it's really not our natural state. We are meant to live in a state of joy, and I believe we're in very changing and evolving and growing times, and the universe is bringing us all opportunities individually and collectively to grow and awaken and evolve. And these opportunities come up so that we can release what is false within us that's not serving us. Sometimes we don't, a lot of times we don't see that. Um, And then so that we can move more to a state of peace and joy and knowing really who we are uh, at a a higher level than just the ego consciousness level. Tell
1: us a little bit about what happened in your life that set you on this path of healing.
0: Well, I was, I trace this back to, I was sexually abused by my mother when I was uh, going through puberty, which actually was obviously a very difficult time to have that happen. It's bad to have that happen time, but certainly through puberty, you're forming concepts of love and, and uh, sexual energies and, and all of that. And so I came out of that experience with a lot of fear, a lot of guilt, a lot of anger, a lot of shame. And I didn't realize that to my really into my early 30s I, I, I kind of say I was awakened just to you know all the dysfunctional patterns I had and I was causing a lot of uh, dysfunction in my relationships with my wife and with my children and with others and I was a very angry and depressed person so I started working on unraveling all of these uh, all of this conditioning and these false beliefs I had that originated from that abuse.
1: So my work is around the concept of change your attitude, change your life. I, I believe in the importance of our thoughts, and how they relate to our physical and our emotional well-being. Why do you believe that it's important to harness the power of mindfulness in order for us to witness our own thoughts?
0: What you're teaching is is incredible, and and it's important, very important for us to move to that state. But in order to do that, we have to uncover what is happening inside of us that we're not aware of. It's kind of like a computer virus that's running underneath the surface and affects the operation of the computer. Well, all of our false beliefs and programming and conditioning is affecting the operation of us. So we have to uncover that. And one of the ways in which we do that is to bring our attention to the present moment. So, you know, certainly there's a huge number of of awesome spiritual teachers who talk about mindfulness and, and there's been a number of, Uh, historical, mystical figures who have said, you know, only the now exists, and science has actually confirmed this, basically that time is not fixed, it's not linear, it's relative. So really only the present moment exists, and in that moment, everything is okay. Um, What happens is that we, if you start to watch your stream of thoughts, you'll see how your thoughts are always in the past, or they're always in the future, and both of those places, especially the future, are areas where it's a breathing ground for fear because we're like for the future we're thinking well what if this happens what if this happens and then you just your mind goes off on this trail of thoughts it's a downward cycle that you can't get out of and so if we pull ourselves back to the present moment in the present moment we're okay and and we can uh that is our natural state and the more that we do that the more we Flex that spiritual muscle and then the more we're there and the less we will be in fear.
1: Do you think it's important, and, and I agree with you about staying in the present, but do you think it's important for us to look back only when we need to figure out why we were living the life we were? For example, I got into my early 40s and I could never understand why so many people took advantage of me. You know, I always felt like I was only as good as the, the last thing I did for someone. And it was after I went through tremendous loss in my family, uh, uh, death of my mother and my sister, and a a re-examination of my marriage that I realized somewhere along the line, I learned that I needed to be the good girl. And in essence, I believed people wouldn't love me unless I did something for them to make them love me. So do you think it's important to look back to gain those realizations so that you can move forward and... Live in the present more healthily.
0: Absolutely, I mean, what you went through is such a blessing to you, and it's a blessing to everybody that you encounter now because you're you're so much healthier, and your relationships are so much healthier. And so we have to look back and to see how that we have been conditioned, uh, both, you know, in our childhoods by other caretakers, maybe in our jobs, you know, by an abusive boss, how we. Uh, have been conditioned by society in so many ways that are unhealthy. And, you know, knowledge is power. So once we shine the light on uh, how we've been conditioned, we're able to say that conditioning does not serve me. That's not who I am and that, and I want to drop that. And one of the things that I advocate in the book is, is basically looking at your, re, uh, your reactions and your emotions and how you get triggered because those are pointers to tell us where our false beliefs are. And then once we can see where our false beliefs are, we can see the conditioning that created those beliefs, and then we can start to unravel and heal those.
1: And because so many of us, you know, you shared a painful experience, I shared a painful experience, and so many people take those experiences, and that's what they write their future life story about. They base their story on those experiences. So if you were going to try to move forward and not have your story be based on what you've gone through. We have to distance ourselves from that memory loop. How can we go about
0: doing that? Well, I think the the first thing you have to do is you have to want, you have to want it. Okay. And so a lot of people will say, I want it, but then they become aware of these things and then they don't take action. So it's not like it's just going to magically go away. You have to Work at it, and the universe is going to bring you a lot of opportunities to work on that. That's kind of why we're here, and so these things will keep coming up, and you have to, you know, you have to change how you do things. So, for instance, if you recognize that you are, um, that you are afraid of being uh, not having a significant other, and you are in, you know, you go from relationship to relationship and the dysfunctional relationships. If you keep doing going from relationship to relationship, it's not going to change. You have to basically say, "Oh, okay, I need to address the fear I have around uh, not being with myself or not loving myself, whatever you know that base core belief is, and start to change that. And 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 then once you do that, you're going to be really empowered to see who you are because what you've been doing, like what you were talking about, Joan, in terms of. Of your history, you know, you were, until you recognize that and change that, you were giving your power away to all those other individuals. So we have to take our power back and, and we have to do this through, you know, the opportunities that come, that life will bring to us to to change that. And once we commit to the path and doing that, it's really, a, it's really amazing path and the universe will support us in a very loving way to do that. And, you know, bring us, again, bring us opportunities to do that and to say, yes to us instead of saying, you know, give me our power away, for instance.
1: Well, and what happens is until you realize why you're doing the things you are, you actually set yourself up to fulfill what your greatest fear is. So in my case, my greatest fear was that someone wouldn't love me unless I did for that person. So what do I do? I marry someone with narcissistic tendencies who based his love on what I did for him. So I, you know, after 23 years, I was depleted because I fulfilled my greatest fear. I made that happen. So, as you're saying, once we recognize what our fears are, then we can take the actionable steps to release ourselves from living out that prophecy that we really believed we would be living.
0: Yeah, actually, that's exactly how it works. Because the the very I talk about in the book, I talk about vehicles for our growth and how there's so many different types of vehicles, and. So the very vehicle that is intended for your growth is the one that's causing you all the <laughs> angst, and that's mm-hmm. on purpose, because you have to learn that lesson before you move on to another lesson. And It's not like okay, you know, you, you just can like magically step over that lesson. It's the, the the very thing that is that's causing the problem is is the vehicle that life's bringing to you that you have to like you have to you know learn that before you move on. Do
1: you think that the way we define success or failure, do you think that those definitions contribute to our fears?
0: Oh, certainly. You know, we are heavily conditioned uh, in Western society, especially in the U.S. Certainly, we're told that we should live the American dream and have all of these, you know, have wealth and have a uh, career where where we are known and, and have a big house and have successful children who go to great colleges. And so- that is, that's a that's a very false definition of success. But a lot of people have taken that on, and what happens is you end up like the gerbil in the wheel that just keeps going and going. Nobody knows where they're going. What I would say to people is, you know, if you have that definition of success, number one, it's an arbitrary definition of success. When when do you reach that? You know, you can't really reach something that's arbitrary. And then why are you? Why is that your definition of success? Uh, so if we can kind of step back and take a look and say, why am I doing the things I'm doing? This is kind of crazy. Um, Then, you know, we can, again, take our power back from societal marketing, conditioning, because society wants to sell us a lot of products and services. So they tell us, you know, you're not good enough uh, unless you have this product or service. You know, you need to be like the Joneses. You need to keep up with the Joneses. Uh, You need this uh, product or service to, to make you think better, to do whatever. And so we're constantly bombarded with messages that we're not good enough and that we need something outside of ourselves. And that's not the case.
1: We've been talking about the fears that we set up for ourselves, the things that we believe. But we're living in a world today with the pandemic, and and so, you know, there are very real fears that are taking place, fear of economic and financial insecurity and fear of getting sick and losing loved ones and, and what will happen when we experience that kind of loss. So how do we balance the real fears, the fears in this challenging world, with the fears that we tend to, and I don't want to use the word make up, but the fears that we create, how do we balance those two?
0: That's a great question. So, I mean, that's something that, that I've had to balance myself, even kind of considering myself an expert on fear. So I think what we have to do is like when we're talking about the pandemic, we have to live in caution, not fear. Okay. And so, you know, one of the things, fear is not solved by something outside of us. So for instance, if we if we have fear over not having a significant other, it doesn't get solved by going from relationship to relationship. Or if we, um, you know, have another fear, it doesn't get solved by buying a product or service. Uh, we have to go inside ourselves and look at the source of the fear and heal that. But we, again, we have to balance that with, there are certain things that we need to be cautious about. And so certainly, uh, you know, taking precautions within the pandemic so that we don't get sick is something that I've done. Um, but I don't but I'm not gonna live my life in fear because fear robs us of our power. And I can see just huge numbers of people who are living in fear regarding the pandemic and it's again it's robbing them of of it's robbing them of, of their power and so they need to come back inside and say, Oh, okay, I'm I'm fearful because it, it, the the base fear for all of this is getting sick and dying. Okay, and so the base fear that we that collectively we hold for all of us is a fear of what happens when we die and what who are we going to who or what are we going to meet? Okay, so and, and as we grow older, that fear increases for a lot of people, and that, that's that's the fundamental base fear that we all need to address, and that's what's coming up regarding uh, the pandemic. And being forced up collectively within all of us.
1: So we've been talking about actionable steps that people can take but if you could sum it up and bullet point it, what can a person do to live in the now and overcome fear?
0: So the first step is is again we have to become aware of our fears. Uh, we can't fix a problem unless we know what the problem is. So to do that we have to uh, look at our emotions and reactions, how we get triggered, See, uh, you know, a lot of times we're we're not angry for the reasons we think we're angry. There's usually fear, there's there's guilt, or there's uh, some kind of maybe grief behind the anger. Carl Jung, who's the, the uh, an, uh, head of uh, who founded analytical psychology, said that projection is a very common phenomenon. So usually we're projecting like our self judgment out as projections of judgment, we're projecting our guilt out as as uh, blame. So we have to pull our projections back in. We have to see. You know where the the beliefs and conditioning came from, and start to unravel that. That's that's the first step. The second step is to cultivate and apply practices that put us in the now and in the body, because all of our false beliefs are, are stored cellularly. So we want to basically do practices like you know being in nature is a big thing that puts me in the now, like doing you know yoga or uh, meditation or um drumming or doing some kind of artwork something that you know puts you in the moment and other practices that put you in the body the third thing that we have to do is basically we have to want what i call want it allow it and trust it so we really have to want to have change and then we have to you know take the steps the universe brings us to make that change happen and we have to trust the process we have to trust that there's something on the back end that will be much better for us than the, than the dysfunctional relationships we uh you know that we currently are in and then the last step is that we have to um basically be more heart-centered because the electromagnetic field of the heart is 60 times larger than the one from the brain so that's literally the seat of our consciousness and when we're in the now and in our body we are in the heart and and the way that we get into the heart is is to use gratitude compassion and forgiveness The
1: book is A Book on Fear, Feeling Safe in a Challenging World. If you would like to learn more about Larry and his work, you can visit lawrenceduchin.com. That's D-O-O-C-H-I-N, lawrenceduchin.com. Larry, in our final moments, what's the takeaway? What do you want to leave our listeners with?
0: What I want to tell you is is that that everything's going to be okay. Uh, You know, this is a very challenging time, but it's also a very evolving time when things die off new things happen this is what happens in the forest and so this is a time when a lot of what does not serve us is is dying off individually and collectively and we just need to go inside ourselves and know who we are as divine beings and we need to um, you know trust in that and then just flow with what the universe brings us and try and address our fears uh, inside of us as opposed to trying to do something outside of us.
1: Larry thank you so much for joining us it has really been a pleasure speaking with you today.
0: Thank you, Joan. I really appreciate being on.
1: This is Conversations with Joan. Until next time, thanks for tuning in.